Welcome to another edition of Mass Mets and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. We decided we would jump on today and do a um, kind of quick show, but I think we all just had a whole lot of shit to say after last night. Crazy UFC 203 in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Weird things happen. Um, J-Man from The Last Real Heels has joined us. We sent Urban an invite, too. Maybe he'll pop by. Uh, I know J-Man watched the fights. How's it going, J-Man? Oh, man, it's going well, man. Punk got his ass whooped. Mia Check looked like a fucking badass. Casey, I don't know what that guy's doing. Byron had his cat a few minutes ago. I like that, but he, he got rid of it. So now he's, back to, he's back to just not bringing anything to the show. Hell, no... there he is. What's up, Byron? How are you doing today? What's you actually up? watched the fights? Byron, you watched fights? I watched some of the fights, Billy and I watched them. We slept all. Thanks for turning my mic back on. Uh, at Byron Fever on Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram. Find us. We're there with cat pictures. I watched the fights. Big surprise. CM Punk. I'm ready to talk about that with expert analysis. All right. Well, speaking of expert analysis, Lucha Gringo, well, one of the Lucha Gringos is in the house. Casey Nielsen, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm sorry I didn't watch the fight. I was, like, reading comic books and shit. It was this storyline about, it was called Necrotia X, and, like, the Black Queen brings all these dead mutants back to life, and I just got to fight all the dead people, and it was really engrossing and shit. But I did see Punk lose, so, yeah. Damn, dude, I should have had you come to my place, except you live, like, 7,000 miles away. This is true. Um, well... Yeah, I mean, let's get right into it, because the CM Punk thing, you know, let's just talk about that off the bat, because we talked earlier last week, the way in he looked terrible, and, and I was thinking, okay, maybe CM's got some goods, maybe he's bringing something to the table, but, you know, the weigh-in was making me think, shit, even if he is bringing something to the table, he's probably not going to win this fight. Guys going into weigh-ins looking like that is never, ever a good sign, um, and sure enough, he comes out, if you didn't see the fight... Mickey Gall rushes him, like, I don't know, just went straight across the ring, right at him, took him down, beat him up, made him look awful for about two minutes, and then uh, sank in the choke and CM taps, like, gym tap style. And if you don't know what a gym tap is, a gym tap is, you know, you're rolling with your buddy, he gets you in something, you know he's got it in, you just tap. You just get out of it, and you try again, you do something else. Like, but dude, this is not the fucking gym. This is a goddamn UFC, man. You hold on to that thing for a while. It's the same thing that Sage Northcutt took some shit about. Like, when you're in the actual fight, and that only comes with training. If you haven't been in a bunch of actual fights, how do you know that? All he's been doing is rolling in the gym with his with these other guys. So he just fucking taps like a bitch, like, I don't know, the, two minutes into the thing. And, like, the choke was barely in, and he's just like, yeah, just let me out of this. I'm done. I'm, I got nothing here. Um... So that's kind of the 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 blow by blow of the fight. What did you guys think of of what was going on there? Well, I thought I thought that Punk rushed him, trying to he rushed him, started swinging, and just got taken down right away. Like he was only he wasn't even guarding any part of his body, and uh, and he just got taken down. I I saw him slip out of of one. It looked like it was over at one point, but he slipped out of one um, chokehold. You know slipped out, you know, when you go under the chin and it, yeah, under the elbow, you know, G-Man. That, that was analysis, bro. Uh, <laughs> all said after the fight, man, uh, 
in the uh, in the post fight uh, press conference, he said that he came in hot, you know, so he shot for the double leg and you know just went that way. He wanted to show his striking, is what he said. Uh, I, I really think they got a potential huge star in their hands, man, because he kicked Punk's ass, and that was a huge deal. And he called out Sage. You know, you talked about Sage a few seconds ago. He called that motherfucker out. He said he wanted to kick the the spikes out of his hair, <laughs> or punch him out. So uh, I'm for that. You know, I'm not a huge Sage fan. Uh, so if you know if Mickey Gall can build a career beating all these guys with all this hype, that'd be some good shit. Well, yeah. I mean, realistically, Sage is probably one of the the few other guys that isn't too terribly deep in his experience level uh, from Mickey at this point. It's probably the best call-out Mickey could have made. Because I feel, I, you know, as soon as the fight was over, I felt bad for Mickey Gall. I was like, this that's great. Yeah, he beat the one 0-0 guy who's in the UFC. Like, who else is there for him to fucking fight? You yeah, know? He, he beat him like he was supposed to beat him. You well... Yes or no? I mean, look, the, the the intrigue of this fight was when a guy who's an athlete of any kind uh, comes in out of nowhere, you don't know. Like, Herschel Walker came into strike force, and yeah, he was fighting a couple of tomato cans or whatever, but, you know, Herschel Walker, in his 40s, was still a fucking phenomenal athlete, and he took it to those guys. He won two fights in strike force out of nowhere because he went in, he did the training, he did the time, and he had his basic MMA down. I think CM Punk's probably got his basic MMA down, but the difference is that was strike force for Herschel. Lashley didn't come right into the UFC. Uh, Brock Lesnar didn't come right into the UFC and probably still came in a little early even for his skill level. I mean, the UFC is a different fucking place. Like, no one should be in the UFC until they have probably at least four real pro fights against solid competition under their belt. It's just not a place for a new guy. Um... But but Mickey falls under that category too. It's like there's not a whole bunch of guys who have got like three or four fights. Like honestly, maybe the best thing they should do with these guys is send them to the Ultimate Fighter, both of them. Like keep CM Punk around if he's got a couple of fights on his contract. See if he'll go play you know play house over there and and then Ultimate Fighter gym. You know, put in his time and get. That's the only way he's going to get amateur fights at this point because those fights don't go on your record on Ultimate Fighter. You can go on that show, and and those don't count on your on your record. I think that's a good option, and also it allows them to kind of recoup on their investment of him, where they still get to market him as a UFC product, where they don't have to have him stink it up on their actual shows. Yeah, I think we lost Casey. Hopefully, he'll he'll rejoin. Yeah, um, Luke Gringo left, man. He got intimidated. <laughs> Well, I was hoping Casey would comment on that too, because I bet Casey would uh, watch, actually watch Ultimate Fighter if CM Punk was on it, and Mickey Gall too. Like Mickey Gall after the Sage Northcut fight, like if he loses to Sage Northcut, where the what the fuck does that kid do then? Like I agree with you, J Man, about him being a potential star. His press conference last night was amazing. He called out, uh, he called out Sage Northcut. He seems to know where his place is in the overall hierarchy of what's going on at the UFC. He's like a very savvy kid. He seems to really have his head on his shoulders, and he's doing the right stuff. But even doing the right stuff, I, I feel bad for him because I feel like maybe it's too soon, and it's like, you know, I don't want to see the kid lose three or four fights in the UFC and then have to go and fight somewhere else and then try to come back. I mean, that's just silly. 
What about all the f bombs he was hitting after in his uh, interview afterwards? Yeah, him and Stipe. Like, thank, thank God this wasn't a Fox Sports card, man. They would have been getting fined out the waz. He wouldn't have made any money last night. I don't think they fine on pay per view anymore, but. I hope not. Everyone dropped the f bomb. Punk was saying "fuck yeah" just walking to the ring. Yeah, and, yeah. and and Punk dropped a few in his post fight press conference too, where yeah, he's like, "I got fucking beat. What do you want me to do? I got I've... oh, Punk crying though. Jesus Christ, what what was that? Was you guys sad. see Punk crying? Yes, yes. Oh. The, the the crying Jordan memes were out instantly too. <laughs> what did I just don't know what he and his crew expected him. To actually like do out there, like he he went out there and basically he successfully took like three steps and then it went bad after that. <laughs> oh yeah, it did. You know, um, his timing was off, is what he said. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he got in a ring like about three years too early. Oh, Casey's back. Welcome back, Casey's. Ooh. Yeah, so, internet shit the bed. Sorry, guys. So what do you think kind of about this CM Punk situation? I mean, he, he went in there and in two minutes uh, didn't really get anything off. I mean, and, and he tapped out. What do you What do you think? I, I thought it was funny because, um, you know, I don't have any beef with CM Punk. I think he's all right. You know, I was like a fan of his in wrestling and shit, but a lot of his fans are really fucking annoying. Like, the fucking worst people. Like, seriously. Like, if you're still chanting his name at shows, you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry. But well, you gotta be like that. You just said you don't have a personal beef with him, but it sounds like you do. No, I have a beef with his fans, dude. It's like, okay, like, like Seamus fucking sucks, right? Like, I fucking hate Seamus. I don't care about his fans. I, I, I have a hard time believing they exist. But CM Punk's fans, I know they exist because they never shut the fuck up about it. So, <laughs> true, uh... True. You know, him losing was fine, but then, like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, at least he tried. And I saw someone tweet this. This isn't my joke, but it's like, yeah, of course he tried, but it's not like I wouldn't go into the octagon for half a million dollars and get the shit beat out of me, too. Yeah, he said that he was going to do lower-tier fights or amateur fights or something, but then he got the opportunity. Like, this was given to him to do it. Like, I think we all would take this opportunity. Right. Well, like, so is this Dana White's mistake then? I yeah. mean, Dana Dana was even the one who was like, after the fight, like, yeah, I'm sure CM Punk will fight again. Don't know if it should be in the UFC or not. I mean, even Dana's saying that shit. It was like, it was your call, Dana. I think, I wonder if Vince asked him to embarrass CM Punk for him. All I know is when they send Punk to Invicta, he's going to do great. Oh, that's cold. That's cold. Cyborg will still smash him. He's got yeah, she would, she would fuck him up. Uh, but no, nah, Punk, uh, put him on Ultimate Fighter like Justin said. It would be entertaining. It would get ratings because he would be a fucking asshole to everyone. It would be hilarious. So, yeah, go for that, dude. That would be great. Well, yeah, I, I just... I get what a lot of people are saying. Like, you know, Kevin Cross yesterday was talking about how he respects Punk for just getting in there. And I think a lot of people who, especially who are wrestling fans, want to have that that feeling of a little bit of love for him and respect of like, yeah, you know, thanks for thanks for trying and doing the whole thing. But it was it was a little sad, you know. It was just like he he just really didn't. 
entirely belong there, and I don't know that that's his fault. I mean, yeah, you take the paycheck, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I feel bad for the guys at Rufus Sport who who obviously invested a ton of... Well, I don't feel so bad because I'm sure CM Punk paid everyone handsomely. But, you know, they put a lot into the kid, and I think that they want... I shouldn't even call him a kid. He's almost my age. They wanted the guy to do good, but it just didn't It didn't go his way this time, and it was kind of not a very good look in general. Like, you, you wanted to see more than that. <laughs> I want to know where all these tweets were when Bobby Lashley gasses out in the first round of punching someone or Dave Batista tries his hand at, at um, MMA. Well, yeah. here's the thing I will say about that is that officially I think ADR is better at MMA than CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah. He's also uh, better at crying. Um, well, I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to go backwards. Uh, we can talk about this a little bit more, but I want to hit some of these other fights real quick too. Um, let's go backwards down to the Jessica I, my homegirl from Cleveland. God bless her. Oh, my God. Versus Betch Cohea. They got into it at the weigh-in, first of all, which was pretty amazing. I um, saw that. That was dope. Yeah. Yeah. They were pushing and shoving oh, yeah. and it, it got it got intense. And uh so I expected some fireworks from the fight. But I gotta tell you, watching this fight, I was yelling at the TV mm-hmm. at Jess mm-hmm. I. It was like I never saw two chicks get in the ring that wanted it any less than those two in that fight. Like you're both doing okay. It was questionably one-to-one coming out of the second round, and then they go in their third round, and nobody wants to take it. Nobody wants to win this fucking fight. Jess I is at home in Cleveland. Like, every person she's ever known in her whole fucking life that she cared about, I guarantee was sitting in that damn arena. They're watching you. Your hometown crowd and your friends and family are watching you, and then you don't fucking go for it. She didn't, like, turn it up at all. She's like playing patty cake in there with Betch Coea, who's a tough girl, like not the top of the division like she thinks she is, but she's tough. And so is Jess. I mean, Jess was right on the verge of a Ronda Rousey fight until Misha Tate beat her. And ever since then, she has just been a big backslide. Like, I don't know if she needs a shrink or what, but I was really disappointed. Like, you got to have more gumption than that if you want to win a fucking big fight in your hometown. Dude, her last fight was like that, too. Totally. Like, if you go back and watch the last Jessica I fight, because I remember making fun of you because she was from Cleveland on the show. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like, I, that stuck out in my mind uh, just now. But, dude, it sucks because uh, it's kind of the same thing with Punk, man. Who gives a fuck if you lose as long as you look like a maniac when you do it? Like, Punk should have been, like, fucking choked out, like, not even tapped, you know? Yeah, that would have been a good look for him. If he it's went out cold... Day, you know? it's like, if yeah. you lose, fucking lose. What's that, J-Man? Yeah, just straight pass out, you know, not not tap out, you know, just go out to the, you know, get choked out, like Casey was saying. That's what Punk should have done. I would have dug that. But, uh, man, the, what about how mad the crowd was when Beth won? Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they should be. I mean... Like, nobody expected Jess to lose that fight, and she had several opportunities to win it. I mean, she phoned it in in the third round when it's like, that's go time, girl. And I do got to say that um, since this was on the free TV portion, did see it, Joe's got to enunciate Betch a little bit better. Uh, (laughs) Betch Cohea. Yeah. yeah. 
Especially at the end of the fight during the interview, it really sounded like he said, I'm here with bitch. Oh, yeah, he did. He flat out did. I don't care what anybody says. He's like, I'm here with bitch, Kohea. <laughs> and uh, also, Mark Hunt enunciate. Yeah, no, no, separate. Separate. Those separate. are two yeah, separate words. Us. Mark Hunt. Hunt. Not yes. Mar. Cunt. <laughs> Mark Hunt. <laughs> You're terrible. What'd you think of uh, Jess's fight, J-Man? Man, uh, I thought it was a very close fight, um, but I thought Jessica won the fight. And uh, I felt like you're saying, man. I felt like both these girls didn't didn't want to overcommit themselves. They were both like shook or something, scared to uh, get scared to lose the fight. They were so scared to lose the fight they didn't want to fight. And uh, that really that really you know kind of sucked the fun out of it. You know, I expected a lot more from it. But uh, it, it was, you know, it was okay, with the, especially with the after, after the fight, you know, the crowd booing and Beth dancing. And, you know, I always like it when people embrace the heel. And her and Fabricio both tonight were just fucking, they were getting booed so bad, and they, and they were just planted up so hard. I love that. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to go with it, you know. Um, well, I was sad for, for Jess. And I don't know, man. Maybe a run in Invicta is good for her. Byron. Did you see that fight? Which one? I didn't see the pre-fights. Okay, well we'll move we'll move into the main card for you then. The JoJo Calderwood and Jessica Andrade fight was another one of these moments where it was like, damn, I really, really wanted to see JoJo win. I just she's just such a sweetheart. She seems like the nicest person in the world. She's had her ups and downs. Um, but she got fucking smothered. Yes, Jessica Andrade is a beast. She, I mean, it was so it was totally one sided to me. It was like it seemed like JoJo was in the wrong weight class or something. I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, I just what I remember the most from that was uh, she finished her off with a front front face lock, right? The guillotine choke. Yeah, and I just remember like she just totally just. Like latched it on like it was easy. I like your shirt, by the way, Justin. Uh, she just. You should get one of these, on. Byron. You should get one. I'm not an animal. I couldn't fight my way to the front. And uh, and why didn't you get me one? You were there. Uh, I I luckily grabbed a large in my size, and I didn't see any quadruple XLs. Well, I have been working out. Thanks. Thanks for noticing, Justin. Just thanks for uh, thanks for hooking up your sick buddy once again. You know, because um, I didn't episode a hundred shirt either. Dude, uh, we'll talk about that, man. It was a lucha click fe feeding yeah. frenzy. Like everyone in the lucha click is total friends until there's a box of free shirts getting handed out in the middle of Beverly Hills. That shit <laughs> we're all showing our shirts now. What's he? What's J Man's got? Phoenix. Uh, oh, yeah. Phoenix. Phoenix. Byron's got a Hamilton shirt on because Byron likes musicals. Hamilton. Yeah, I love our country. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, what up? Melty face, bitch. That's classic. Um, JoJo, Calderwood, Jessica Andrade, what did you think, uh, J-Man? Man, Joanne was like, she's so soft-spoken. She's like, you know, a Scottish girl you take on a date. She was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Urban just busted in. Oh, my God. <laughs> But I was so heart heartbroken for her, man. Uh, but 
Andrade just just killed her. She like uh she's dropped down, you know, in the weight, and uh, she looks like a fucking force to be reckoned with her uh, power and her wrestling was brutal. Her takedown, her strength, her ground game, it was just it was all there. And uh, I'd like to see her against uh, Joanna. Yeah, I think I actually would like to see that fight now. I think that was the one good thing that came out of that moment was now I want to see if Joanna can Joanna Champion can jump around and punch her in the face, or if she would get grounded out too. It'd be kind of interesting to see that. Yeah, that cut a lot of fucking people up is biased, son. You are you're a big uh, Joanna Champion fan, huh? Oh, because she fucks people up. She's like a maniac, dude. That's amazing. Joanna Champion. Um, what up, Urban? What's Urban? up? What, what are you up, doing on a Sunday afternoon, Urban? Uh, I just woke up from a nap, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, sounds like analysis. sounds right. You you know, there's like football and backlash or what? What is the pay per view tonight? Backdraft. Uh, back scratch. Back as, scratch. Uh, yeah, as DJ would do. <laughs> it says back ash, but then it adds the L. Back, back gash. Back gash. Oh, God. there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, Ray Wyatt's got plenty of that, baby. Oh, ah. yuck. Ah. Oh. Follow um, the balls. Ah. Anyway, I got. I want to move to the next fight because uh, I do want to talk some wrestling today with you guys too, but. The next fight was Uriah Faber versus Jimmy Rivera. And I got to say this. If you can't kick a guy in the balls and poke his eye out and almost detach his retina and get a win and still lose 30-27, it might be time for you to step out of the UFC. I just think Uriah Faber, uh, this is his one of his first non-title losses, I even think. But it was fucking ugly. He lost 30-27 every round, basically. Um, to some guy he should have outclassed, and he kicked him in the balls and poked his eye out. Yeah, and he still he was, couldn't win. He was still blind at the end of the fight, and he still won. God damn, he used the flare strategy and it didn't fucking work? Right in the fucking eye parts. He, it was like three stooges, man. It was like a... It was ridiculous, and Uriah still lost, and it's just like... Dude, if that's where Uriah's at now, like if he can't beat the number 12 guy in the division... With cheating, then, bro, I don't know if UFC's got anything for you. What's he gonna do? Fight the number twenty guy for the rest of his career? Like he doesn't even really deserve a TJ Dillashaw fight at this point, which I thought would still happen. But I don't know. What'd you guys think? Trainer, he needs to be a trainer. He needs to back the fuck up, man. He's taking up all his fucking main card fights, and he's just I don't know. I don't. I, at least I don't think anymore against the main, the top guys. I feel like most of the 135 guys would kill him. That's what I think. I'm not for sure. Um, well, I, I tend to agree, too. And I think that BJ Penn had this problem in his career for a while, where it's basically like, you are the head coach of your team. Who the fuck is cornering you? Like, he's got Master Tong over there, and he's got Justin Buckholz. Like, Justin Buckholz is, is a guy that he trained. What is Justin Buckholz going to tell him in the middle of a fight? And BJ Penn was having that problem for a while, too. Where it's like, you know, now BJ's with Greg Jackson. That's somebody who, who BJ can look up to and respect. I feel like Uriah doesn't have that. Like, his camp is fine, but maybe he needs to train with somebody else himself. Like, because he doesn't have a coach in his own corner. He doesn't have himself in his corner for his fight. Get out of his comfort you know? zone or something. Yeah. 
I feel I, yeah, yeah it's a, it was like, a little strange it just felt like he didn't have the right game plan for that kid and Jimmy Rivera's no joke you know but Uriah still with his experience and his pedigree should be able to beat a guy like Jimmy Rivera and if he can't that division's no good for him man it's that's it and going up to 45 ain't an option either uh, I think he, he'll get pieced up at 45 for sure I don't know Byron, what do you think? I mean, I know you're not I don't watch a ton of MMA, but the the California kid catching a beatdown. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know these guys personally, but I did. It did. Uh, it just felt like it wasn't that much fun of a fight to watch. You have the half stoppage with the eye gouge, and then you know you you see like the guys asking how much longer the fight. You're like, oh, this guy just kind of wants to, like, he wants to sort of stretch it out just so he can finish, you know, but like this guy, you're not asking how many more minutes left in the fight if you're ready to go. It's like, oh, I'm going to watch a blind guy try and survive a fight, and then that's what he did, and then, you know, he ended up winning, but still, it just kind of sucked, and the next fight also kind of sucked, and people were booing. It's, it's just, I don't know, I feel like I got ripped off except for seeing CM Punk get choked out because I had to leave before the main event, so I had to leave before the real fight. Dude. Oh, and that was probably the best fight of the night. Yeah. Fucking Byron is saying that he was not entertained by a fight with a shoot dick kick. That means that fight had to suck, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It, it was. It was not like watching Worldwide Underground. It was not nearly as entertaining as the dick kicks that we're used to. <laughs> uh, dick kick city, bitch. <laughs> um. Anybody got anything else on Uriah? I mean, I, it was. It was just not. It wasn't pay-per-view caliber. It was not a good fight. Yeah, it was. It was very. It was very one-sided. You know, and it, it was kind of sad. So you know, it's not. It's not something I want to talk about, really. You know, it's kind of. It was very sad. <laughs> I was a very big fan of. Uh, I'm a fan of Uriah Faber, man. He's got the. He used to have little, you know, uh, cornrows. I'm a fan of the guys with the with the cute hair. You know, you know. Looking like Kerry Von Erich and shit. Yeah. I migrate to guys like that, you know. That's 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 the kind of that's the kind of thing I dig. And uh, the guy was just coming up short, man, hella short. Like, yeah, he looked like pretty short. And no, no pun intended, because yeah. everyone on Team Alpha Male comes up a little short. <laughs> yeah. What? Um. All right, I got to talk about this cluster fuck of uh, the uh, Brown, Travis Brown, Fabricio Verdum, whatever the fuck this was. Um, and I know we talked about it a little bit in our crazy DM last night, but <laughs> believe in yourself, man. I got fired up on this thing. There, there's so many different weird things going on here. Um, first of all, the match started off with the the sweetest fucking move ever, Fabrizio Verdum with like a oh. flying dragon face kick right to Travis Brown, like some shit out of a Bruce Lee movie. And these are fucking heavyweights. Heavyweights do not do that shit. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a fucking highlight and a half. I hope. Fabricio keeps fighting for a long time just so we can see that highlight reel before all of his fights. Oh, um, wait, didn't he do like a front flip Pele kick for some reason? He was doing all sorts of stuff. He looked like he he came to this fight full capoeira style. Like, you know, capoeira's fun, dancey Brazilian martial art. And Fabricio was throwing that shit out there like it was for real. Hilarious. Pretty soon he's going to bust out the Blanca shit and start, like, shocking people. <laughs> um, but, so, I got to talk about this finger injury thing. Uh, uh, looking at the replay, 
it was a finger injury off of a punch. So there was contact made that causes finger injury. The unified rules state that if a fighter asked for the fight to be stopped or paused because of an injury that was sustained from a legal blow, um, that is considered either a verbal submission or a TKO, a technical knockout. Um, that's not what happened here. I did, however, hear the ref call time before Fabricio moved in to start hitting Travis, which is also illegal because the ref can p cause the fight a pause in the action anytime the ref wants. Now, the ref, if he's incorrect in doing so and causes a change to the outcome of the fight, can be fined uh, under some rules in, in some states. It just depends. Uh, I believe in the unified rules. It's up for review. Um, the ref is really the one who fucked up here. If Travis is saying, oh, I got a boo-boo, check it out, the ref, it's the ref's responsibility to say, no, motherfucker, fight, or I'm calling the fight off. Um, so I don't know that Travis necessarily fucked up either, but typically under the rule, the fight should have basically been over if Travis is like, I'm too hurt to continue. I need a doc to look at this. Um, it was just super fucking weird, and um, everybody was basically a bitch in that scenario. The ref was a bitch for... for calling a timeout. Who calls a timeout? There's no timeouts in fighting. He was uh, hurt. Yeah, but it wasn't an accidental injury. Uh, the whole entire point of an MMA fight is hurt the other guy enough for the fight to stop. That's it. Those are the whole fucking list of rules. They do that in wrestling all the time, though, when you're like, oh, hold on a second, my knee hurts. And then the ref looks at you, and then that's when you cheap shot the other guy and win. Yeah, you do the timeout, and then you bag back, and then you punch him in the dick. Yeah, he's just, it's old school, man. He's going old school with it. That's pretty much exactly what happened. It was bullshit. Um, and then, so the fight continues, and this is another fight where Fabricio, you could tell, he felt like he was clearly getting the better of Travis, but so he didn't try to finish the fight. And it's like, dude, I thought you are a motherfucker who wants a title shot. Put the fucking hands on this fool. Finish the goddamn fight. And then Travis Brown... Jesus Christ, he goes to his corner, and Edmund Taverdian, what the fuck is that guy talking about in the corner? You're supposed to be bringing the heart rate down to your fighter. You want him to fucking focus. You want to give him some pointers, like a few things, like a couple of things. These are fighters, guys. These are guys who get hit in the head for a living. You want to give him a couple of things, like bring his heart rate down, tell him, okay, look, he's leading with his left. You want to circle around this way. You want to leg kick him. Give him a couple of suggestions. Edmund Tarverdian is in the corner like, bro, you got to fucking smash his head, bro. I don't care what you do. You go in there, you kill this guy. You fucking, you fuck him up, bro. That was it. Like, what what kind of coaching is this? This is not a coach. He's a, a cheerleader at best. Him, Travis Brown and Ronda Rousey both need to get the fuck out of that guy's camp. That guy has no business being an MMA if that's the advice he's given between rounds. Um, so anyway, we go to the end of the fight. Fabricio Verdum wins. He's calling out the champ, blah, 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 blah. That's kind of the recap. Then Fabricio Verdum gets into it with Edmund Tarverdian. Edmund saying some shit to Fabricio. Fabricio push kicks him in the chest. That's the one thing everybody in that whole arena wanted to do was, was push kick that fucking coach because he is a fucking idiot. Anyway, that's all I got to say about it. What do you guys think? You guys talk about it. Uh, I, you know, when I saw the clip of him coaching, he didn't sound like the guy that tries to sell me cologne at the mall, but he does now. <laughs> And, uh, bro, bro, please, uh, uh, what's your favorite smell, bro? Uh, but, uh, stay out of the Galleria, apparently. Uh, I'm glad he got kicked. That was awesome. 
What what the fuck is that, Byron? What kind of animal is that? It's a squirrel. Come on. Why is J-Man drinking the urine sample I sent him? Well, I thought the fight... What's up with the squirrel? Let's clear, let's clear <laughs> the air on the squirrel. <laughs> let's clear the air. Uh, we're, we're just adding more and more people to the round table today. We need to get all the opinions and all the analysis. It was yeah. also what, what, pitch. What's an opinion? <laughs> I like how it's just a fucking picture of Kazuya Mishima just fucking <laughs> chilling. It was a good fight. They sucked, and then the guy with the broken hand couldn't punch. It was another fight where a guy who actually couldn't fight anymore was just trying to stand until the time was up. Yay. I like yeah. how he yells louder when he has a stuffed animal in front of his face. Well, I thought the fight was going to be a lot more, man. I expected a lot more uh, competitive uh, fight from these two. I thought Travis was going to do better. I've always been a, I've been a friend of his since he knocked out Struve, man. When he killed Struve, because always been hey, a finish. Hey, hey, fuck you, man. Struve rules. God damn it. Yeah, but dude, when he knocked him out, it was amazing. You got to give it up for for TB on that. That was good. I was so butt hurt, dude. I still am. Still am. I, yeah. I love Struve so much. I love Struve too, man. Struve is such a fucking fighter, man. He always comes in there. He doesn't matter if his fucking lip is busted, split from one top, from one end to the other. He always fucking brings his fucking A game. And uh, Travis knocked him out. And ever since then, I've always been kind of a fan of his. But uh, he he got killed, man. Wordham was doing all kinds of crazy shit, like we were saying, like you guys were saying. He was doing those front flip kicks. Spinning kicks, heel kicks, everything. And I don't know if that's something that is going to be wise against Stipe because uh, we saw later in the that Stipe is a fucking killer. And uh, Yeah, but Stipe didn't beat Fedor, goddammit. True. I mean, Verdun <laughs> has some fucking fights under his belt, man, and I've, I've always liked Verdun. Like I said, I, I had him picked over Kane in that fight where nobody had Verdun. Um, but then I also picked Stipe over Verdun later, so... I mean, Verdun's one of my favorite heavyweights out there, and and he's a bit of a heel too. He's a bit of a clown. He's a jokester, and it's kind of, it's kind of easy to dislike Verdun because I feel like he's just not taking it seriously. And even in that fight, he was, you know, he was dancing around and he didn't put him away. The guy's fucking hand is toast. He can't hit you at all. I really expected Verdun to like put beat the brakes off that dude. Like at that point, yeah. that's when you move in for the kill. Well, you got a jiu-jitsu guy doing fucking hurricane kicks and dragon punches. Of course he's not taking it seriously. Uh, he's trying to set up the Hadouken. Hadouken! Oh, God. I was hoping he would kind of go more, ding, hi, kick! Dude, he's fucking, like, the best jiu-jitsu guy, and he's doing shit like that, too. It's not fair, man. Stop being good at everything. Let Struve win. Fuck, us tall, <laughs> us tall Scandinavians have to stick together. Um, Are you trying to say, Casey, about grouping together with white people? Casey? <laughs> hey, yeah. Byron, let's not talk about your avatars there, Mr. Byron Turk. Avatars? Your your video games characters that you create. I don't know what you're talking I don't play video games. Yeah, sure you don't. Let's ask Vic about it. Um, all right, so I'm going to go into this last one. Stipe Miocic, homeboy from Cleveland. Um... Super awesome fight, and and the Ream 
was putting it on him. It was like, dude, that was a nail-biter. The Cleveland Browns, we used to call them the cardiac kids back in the 80s because they would always have these fucking nail-biter finishes, and they'd always be so close and on the verge. And, dude, I felt like I was being teleported back to my childhood of, fuck, here's our champion. He's going to lose it right here. He's going back and forth, and he's just not going to get it done. And I was I was scared shitless that this whole fight was just not going to go the way of Cleveland um, the whole time. And I was, you know, I had people from Cleveland over the house and we were watching it and all yelling at the TV and screaming at Stipe. And, dude, um, Reem hit him and he went down. And Reem almost got that tap for a second. And I know Reem was a little delusional after the fight when he said, I've, I filled him tap. He didn't tap. He, he had his fingers curled under. It was clearly not a tap. Um, but it was exciting, man, to be a one-round fight. It was super fucking exciting. Then they got up, and Stipe looked like a new man, and he started putting it on, on, you know, Reem. And this is just goes to show you, in the heavyweight division, man, you're one punch away from the belt sometimes. You know, Reem was one punch away from that belt that whole fight, and Stipe just got it in there first. And once he got him on the ground and pounded him out, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to murder him. Get in there. Stop this fight. Stipe is a bad, bad motherfucker. Please make this stop because I like Reem a lot. And Reem was hilarious too. You know, he was really gracious and nice to Cleveland the whole time. I bet he had a blast there. Um, and I was saying this to my boys last night. They were like, really, you think Reem had a good time in Cleveland? I was like, yeah, because think about it. If you're Alistair Overeem, you walk into any place in Cleveland, as long as Stipe Miocic is not with you, you're a goddamn superhero. But if Stipe is with you, people are going to boo you. So whatever. He got booed a little bit. But then the crowd goes crazy with the O-H-I-O. Um, and I loved it. You know, hometown hero brings another one home for, for the good guys. Cleveland keeps the belt in a really, really exciting fight that honestly made the whole pay-per-view worth it because everything else was just wackadoo. Um, what do you guys think? Let's start with J-Man because I know you, you saw this fight. Man, I feel like uh, Stipe is such a legit tough guy. He's like such a throwback to me. You know, the guy, he uh, he kind of reminds me of like the old school UFC fighter because, you know, he's not necessarily the most refined, but he's just so fucking tough and he's got so much power. It, it's, it's an awesome thing to watch. And uh, him winning in his hometown, that was fucking epic. You know, you can't top that. And uh, he says he's going to have that belt for a long time, and I somewhat believe him. Because he he seems to have like you know uh, when Overeem hit him you know Overeem's like the most decorated striker basically in the UFC dude dude buckled but still caught himself you know he was still there and uh, it, it was it was definitely such a back and forth fight and I enjoyed the shit out of it and uh, Stipe man that's a good guy I'm rooting for that guy I hope he keeps that belt for a long time like he said I hope so too man I mean the dude still goes to work at his job at the firehouse. Um, yeah, Urban, Urban, what are you doing over there? Did you see any of these fights? Do you care about any of these fights? Uh, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't he see anything. Talk about backlash because he's a huge Randy Orton fan, and he is so upset that he's not going to be making the show tonight. Yeah. Is now, he, what's going on? Not? J Man, did you hear anything? Uh, any of these rumors about Orton not? being cleared to fight at Backlash or whatever? Is that a work? Does anybody know? I don't know. All I know is a month ago he was getting legit elbowed in the head by Brock Lesnar. So... Razor Cabron knows. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. I bet he, I bet he told people on his show two weeks ago why Randy Orton wasn't going to show up tonight. 
We saw yeah. it at the last pay-per-view. He got elbowed in the head until his head popped open by Brock Lesnar. That hurts. Right. So basically you're saying it's a work then, Byron. That's what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying he's not medically cleared to fight. And the last time I saw him, Brock Lesnar was actually hurting him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. buy it. We'll see. It's only, uh, what? Shit, it's starting soon, isn't it? Is it already on? Uh, uh probably started five hours ago. No, like the show starts at five, so it probably starts at four. Fuck, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see shortly. Thirty minutes or so. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you're not you're not cheering for uh your your Ohio match of the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, baby, Cleveland bringing it. Some Northeast Ohio boys. Uh, yeah, um, they're, they're legit probably like my two least favorite guys that aren't Sheamus. I like that. Uh, oh, come on, man. The Miz, after he cut his promo on Daniel Bryan, you, you, you can't tell me that that wasn't some fucking gold right there. You can't tell me he didn't call it like it really is. Like, look, everybody else here is a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. I'm the guy that doesn't get hurt. I show up for work. I get paid. I entertain the fans enough to still be here and sell a little bit of merchandise. I'm the franchise. Screw all of the rest of you guys. Like, how how long was Daniel Bryan's career in WWE? Uh, yeah, and, and his wife is Maurice. Oh, not, not Sting a is the franchise. Look, let me tell you guys something. Um, it doesn't matter how much you protect yourself. Seth Rollins is just gonna ruin your career anyway. Eventually, so you well, might as well go all out, bro. That's and why I'm you stay in the mid card. I, I, speaking of staying in the mid-card, I just looked at Bray Wyatt's Twitter to see if he said anything about Randy Orton, and he didn't. He just said, freedom? Yeah, hey, you're free, man. As free as a bird in a cage. Hey, man. Sting is the best WCW champion, and before you can argue that with me, I have 1% battery left. I'm going to have to hop off. So, see how he does this? To avoid <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's better than Ron Simmons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you while I have a belt behind me that doesn't say fucking Sting on it. What were you saying, J-Man? Ron Simmons is a strong a strong uh, p- potential first champion too, you know. That guy, that guy that was epic. That meant a lot of uh, a lot of things, you know, him winning the title, but I he still did beat Vader. Oh what? shit. Do what? Right. I have I have a question for you guys. <laughs> did anybody here know that Kevin Cross speaks Spanish? Yes, because you told us yesterday. Yeah. Who are these people? How do they learn how to speak Spanish? Urban, what the fuck? <laughs> Urban? You don't know how to speak Spanish, Urban? Dude, I felt Spanish in high school, and I haven't recovered since. Oh. <laughs> people love. So did Casey and Byron. That's how I got stuck with them. Yeah, me and Byron were in oh. Spanish class together, and we just started <laughs> wrestling and fucking dick jokes in Spanish, and now, hey, we can podcast about it. Fucking Cerro Miedo. Viva el UMAOD, right, Casey? You're fucking right, the unholy midget army of doom. That was before we realized that the best thing midget wrestlers were good for was to get the shit kicked out of them by regular size ones. Yeah, uh, the best thing a midget wrestler could ever do is get tombstoned after getting kicked in the dick by Vampiro. Uh, if you if you follow me on Twitter, that is at Lucha Gringo. Uh, you can see the latest midget wrestler getting beaten up by two regular size dudes. Because Guapito got fucked up last night. Ooh, I kind of want to see that. 
Um, hey, speaking of you being at Lucha Gringo, we talked to the other Lucha Gringo at the Paley Fest, and um, he's laid down the gauntlet to you, man. He says that the name is his. And speaking of which, fucking Heels had some motherfuckers steal their name this week. What was up with that shit? I'll get back to you, Casey. I'm Urban, Urban, what's up with the fucking copycats? I don't know. I guess we made it, man. Fuck so, those guys. I wasn't even trying to be be a a bad guy. I wasn't trying to heal out on nobody. And then, dude, that dude, he kept building this up, and then he broke his own dick off. It was the greatest thing. That ever. guy sent me his news to try to make up for it. I declined. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, it was funny. Oh. Did, uh, did you notice it the same way I did? Like when when you guys went live on Friday, when I was getting ready to head down to the Paley Fest, I I did a search because I was like, oh, I don't know which Google account Urban's going to do this under, and I did a search for Last Real Heels, and those motherfuckers popped up. But I thought it was some old shit. Like I thought it was some people that were gone. I didn't realize they were yeah. still doing wow. shit now. Yeah, we uh we looked good, didn't we? No, uh, I don't know, man. I I never I never vanity search. So <laughs> it's not. I I, I I I didn't exactly expect to find that. I found it when Casey uh, or Byron sent a DM. So I think it was Byron. Yeah, it wasn't me. I just laughed when you guys were already like shitting on those people. No, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was. It's not like I did it too hard. I know what it's like to have my name stolen. <laughs> Yeah, well, back to you. So we talked to the other Lucha Gringo. He was like, dude, I, I, I've i been in this game since, you know, AAA first came to Los Angeles. Like, I'm old school. I get that shit. He just put it, he just put it out there, dude. Like, he's he's laying claim to it on based on age alone. What's that have to do with the name you call yourself? Yeah, because, you know, uh, L.A. Park's pretty old, but he's not allowed to call himself La Parca anymore, is he? Oh, that's true. Yeah, not the best analogy, actually, because uh, it's kind of fucked up, and I just compared myself to that piece of shit AAA parka. Um, well, shit. I just put myself in a little bit of a pickle. You've been Gringo for decades, haven't you, Casey? Uh, I at least ten years, but I also, I also am willing. I even told DV Dub, you know. Just put up the cage at the temple. We'll have a cage match for it. Winner gets the name. Loser gets their head shaved. I think you guys should do that or something, man. I mean, I think the only way this could be settled is with violence in the temple. I mean, you guys are both there all the time. You guys are both on camera all the time. You know, we we watched episode uh, 302, and uh, you both got plenty of screen time. Though you were kind of off in the corner. Sitting by Dario's office has not been great for your screen time. Uh, no, but Casey. later in the season, which probably is going to be earlier in the season because they're combining so many episodes, we did move around a lot eventually. We did in season oh, three, we and I kind of like that. What's that, Byron? We were in the episode. Everyone else except Casey in the front row. Yeah, yeah it's because I was off to the side. Uh, you know, I was chilling in Dario's office, you know, touching the bowl, kind of scrubbing Cisco's blood off of it. Well, me and Urban were not in the episode yeah. because we were not there. I was at, um, I think, almost every other weekend I was there at least one of the days, but I was not right. at either of the days that first weekend. Dude, I bet I look haggard. 
I bet I look haggard when you I'm gotta tell, on TV. You got to tell DJ to just find a stock clip of you to cut into like every show, just so you're always there. Yeah. Just, like I, the same clip. I feel like I'm, I'm there all the time anyway. the other Lucha Gringo in the temple, I would be the heel because everyone likes that guy more than me. And he's a good dude. Oh, he's totally over. You're both over, though. Dude, I'm uh, serious. Uh, okay, so cool, we got to talk Paley Fest for a minute. We, we went to Paley Fest, and everyone is like, oh, hi, Byron. Hi, Justin. And they're all like, where's Casey? They're concerned for his safety. He's unstable. Is that what it is? I don't know. And I was like, he's just fucking hashtag Smangry again. I don't know why he's not here. Um, no, it's, it's almost like the guy with his mask is a little unstable, isn't it? Something. I thought, but but dude, you're totally over. I mean, everybody asks about you being there. Um, but the there's just so uh, for people who don't know, me and Byron went to uh, Beverly Hills. Yeah. And and for some reason, the Paley Center thought it would be a good idea to invite half of the Lucha Click <laughs> to come to Beverly Hills, like a block away from Rodeo Drive, for real. Um. You know, I found cheap parking though, which I didn't think was going to happen. I thought I was going to pay more for parking than the the admission cost to get into that thing. But uh, I found cheap parking at Crate and Barrel. Um, we met up there, dude. I, I I don't even know if I can remember who all was there. Like everybody was there. It's like Kevin Flynn, Josh Pillow, Robo was there. Um, fuck, uh, hey. Mallory, Mary, Michael Rosas, um, the others. Who? Johnny Ace. Yo, Johnny Ace. Front row Johnny. Hey, Front guys, Johnny. guys, he guys. Look, he looked like he was... Oh, this, uh, this is entertaining and all, but tell Glenn. me, was Brandon there? Yeah, Brandon was there, too. Brandon was the homie. He didn't save us any damn seats. Yeah, that's true. Salty. Wow, Brandon. Brandon, how are you going to tell us, like, oh, dude, I'll be down there. I'll be, we'll hook up. We'll, we'll hang. And then you don't even get us fucking seats, man? Me and Byron you, and Jimmy... How are you going to steal the last Real Heels theory? Me and right, Byron and Jimmy had to sit in the back. Friend of the podcast, you know, fuck, Brandon. But yeah, we sat with Jimmy. Um, he was there. Well, I know I'm forgetting a bunch of people. Uh, was Sting there? Mel, Mel Machetes was oh, there. Mel Machetes, CJ De Niro, and Pops were there. Uh, oh, yeah. Those guys rule. It was dope. There's a big picture that we took at the end too. Um, Pillow was hilarious too, talking about how he finally got to the end of like our shortest episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him we're gonna give him shoutouts at like hour three of every episode now. Yeah, but what's up, Josh? He'll get to the end of this one because this one's not gonna be too long. Anyway, um, the 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 thing was very cool. So what they do the Paley Fest, they basically take TV shows, and you can see these on Hulu. If you have Hulu, I think you can see the ones from last year, and then they're going to run all the ones from this year, including the Lucha Underground one. So oh, if you have Hulu, you'll be able to actually check out the panel portion of it. What you won't get to see is the unaired or the not yet aired episode of Lucha Underground that we all got to watch, which was episode 302 oh. that contains the WMD match and several awesome vignettes and that's pretty much all i can say is your mind is actually going to be blown um i think that some of the stuff that happened in this one might be more intriguing than the season premiere i can so it's part of the, one of the reasons why i wanted to do this podcast today because i have a feeling our podcast last real heels everybody's podcast is going to be chalked full of stuff Later this week, after everybody sees this episode again on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 
on El Rey Network. Um, no, no spoilers, but this episode has a combination of just put your face back on, Casey. It has a combination of in there. just like absolutely incredible uh, wrestling action. That's that's you know it's the culmination of this story that's been brewing between Killshot and Marty from last season, and that's a huge deal. But then there these vignettes are also like on their own. There's just so much massive story happening here that just blows your mind. You ever are you scratching your head on the tree, Urban? Oh, what? I'm scratching my back, bro. Oh. I'm trying not to get Zika out here. It's freaking <laughs> Mosquito City. That's country boy style, man. You just do it. You scratch it whatever you can. <laughs> yeah. Basically, this episode, the, uh, Lucha Underground is just outclassing every other wrestling television program at every aspect of putting out a wrestling television program. It's not even it's not even wrestling. I mean, even just the camera work already in the second episode, you're seeing yeah. Lucha Underground evolve again. Like the first episode it was like everyone showed up and they kind of did what they had been doing the last season or whatever. This episode there's new camera angles, there's a new yeah. look to it. Like it's different. Yeah. And maybe it's just cuz I was seeing it on the big screen, but I was I was seriously impressed. And I think it's I don't think it's any uh, spoiler to say cuz DJ has been saying it himself everywhere that this WMD match is like if Killshot and Marty weren't already at the top of your radar as two of the best up and coming guys in all of professional wrestling. After this match, they will clearly be in your top ten. I think if you're yeah, do not do not miss this match. Yeah. No what you do. I yeah. remember at, at the end of season two, we were watching stuff live and we knew, you know, you could tell that there's the dog tags thing and at Ultimo Luchador's. They the uh, Killshot and Marty fought, but there wasn't a resolution to the dog tags, and that was just. I remember we really, really wanted something to happen with that, and then when we showed up to when this was being taped, and we saw that this match was going to happen, we just got so excited. Like it's something we had been waiting for, and all I could say is, at the end of it, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't disappointed at the end of this either um, because I got to get my Mark photo with EV Dub. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. You know, I, but I never I never take the Mark photo. Like, I, I've met almost everybody on Lucha Underground at some point and had a conversation with them, but I very rarely ever take the actual Mark photo, and this time I just I had to do it. And uh, I feel like it was the right call because... I got the T-shirt afterwards. Did he charge you fifty bucks? Uh, I think Byron paid paid for the the photo op. It's a nice. There's a couple I just gave guys. him my PayPal login info. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just financed. You just greenlit season four. You just paid for a whole bunch of shit you don't know about, man. I, I could pay for like the first commercial break. Of an episode, maybe. <laughs> um, so we also got to see an episode from Dust Till Dawn, which was pretty cool. Uh, I haven't seen it since the first season. I, I'm definitely going to go back and watch it now. Uh, it's a pretty cool show. Casey, you would have fucking loved it. The episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. It was gory oh. as hell. It had more F-bombs than, than a Porky's hey, movie. I have a listener question. Yeah. Who is the dude living in the plywood fallout shelter with the Christmas lights? Pretty dope. <laughs> uh, that's from Axe Bomber Magazine. Uh, that was J-Man of The Last Real Heels. Uh, and Axe Bomber Magazine, he's probably your neighbor. 
I think he's prepping for his episode of Doomsday Preppers. Yes. yes. That, that's pretty sweet. I called it the Money in the Bank Fuck Dungeon when you guys were recording the other episode because the ladder was hanging there. I think it's pretty good. You don't want to win that case, and you definitely don't want to cash that shit in, son. But don't forget to catch the, na- the next episode of The Last Real Heels. We're, we're going to have a ladder match, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Urban, are you going to do another video podcast? Uh, probably not. Oh, God. <laughs> probably not. Will you wear the Tasmaniac makeup for us just once? Oh, God. I didn't think that was um, that bad, by the way, Urban. I think a lot of people enjoyed seeing you on YouTube as, as well. <laughs> I watched the whole fucking thing. Yeah, oh, and your Dr. Claw is so much better when you actually get to see somebody do it. Come on, give us a next time, Gadget. Next time, Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> so classic. Yeah, that was good, dude. Um, oh. So, I also uh, let me tell you guys a little bit more about the Paley Fest thing because if you no people just don't get to experience this kind of stuff. It's one of the benefits of living in LA. If you get to go to these Lucha Underground events or any kind of LA Hollywood related events, sometimes you just got to go. It's interesting. The rest of the world just doesn't get to do this shit. No. Nope. Dario Cueto gets introduced by the president of the network and he comes out and cuts like the best promo I've ever seen him cut. It was like better than the shit at the temple. He comes out and he basically tells the whole audience to tighten their buttholes and get ready for <laughs> episode 302. <laughs> it was the most amazing. I think Mil Machetes has a little piece of it posted. Um, I have the whole thing. You have the whole thing? You didn't I post it, though. No. I don't know if you can post it. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are, but Mill posted some of it. And, Did you um, sign an NDA at the Paleo's? No, no, nobody signed anything. I mean, given we, we can't reveal anything about the episode because of the NDAs that we signed to yeah, go to the yeah. temple. True that. True. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about the Paley Fest stuff. Anyway, Dario cut the most amazing promo beforehand, uh, which was really cool, and introduced the episode, and then he was out of there. And then the panel came out afterwards. The panel was Evie Dub, DJ, Skip, um, Marty Elias, then... Katrina, Taya, Phoenix, and Dorian Rodan. Um, they started wow, off. That uncomfortable or fucking what, dude? I like, was. I'll get to that because I I was weirded out by it, but nobody else seemed to be weirded out by it. So maybe there's nothing to be weirded by. Um, Evie Dub talked first, kind of gave the history of the show and some of the rundown, which was interesting to hear. You know, I've heard some of it before, but he really talked about, like, the formation of the show and getting the call because he had done some tough enough stuff and he was kind of in the uh, the Burnett camp, but that Dorian had reached out to Burnett and, you know, Rodriguez was involved and whatever, and they really were trying to find a way to not only bring AAA to America, but really to Americanize a separate AAA-style product. That was really kind of the initial goal. Like, we all kind of knew that, but it was interesting to hear them talking about it, especially with Dorian and Evie Dub there, because I've never heard Evie Dub talk about it in the presence of Dorian before. And I think that kind of made it a little bit of a different explanation than you might get if you're just talking to Evie Dub or vice versa. Um, so I-, I thought it was cool. Melissa, by the way, was there. She introduced the panel, and then she didn't have to do anything else, but she got to do her regular introductions of everybody. Um, Did she botch any of them? No, I don't know why you guys think that. She does not botch. She's solid. She's a solid worker. Um, I think yeah, Casey's you know, just on uh, uh, 
Now, it's funny. I barely remember what DJ said, of all people, because I have so much of the Heels interview with DJ in my mind right now that I don't remember what he said in the Heels interview or what he said on stage. It's like all kind of mum, uh, muddled together. Byron, was he talking about AR Fox at this, or was that on, on your show, Urban? That was on our yeah. show. He mentioned, They mentioned AR Fox. They kind of got a little... He kind of mentioned a little bit, but um, I think they just more or less were acknowledging him. Um, and I I also saw him talk on that other podcast, too. So I have like three uh, DJ interviews in my head. Well, uh, DJ was certainly been putting over AR Fox pretty much everywhere as somebody to watch yeah. this season. So How I can think... you not, dude? He's so fucking awesome. Oh, God, I wish we could talk about it. Jesus. I think they mentioned that they were wanting him from season one. Right. So yeah. they're very happy to have him for season three. And when we watch the episodes and we see what happens, we are also going to be very happy. Well, and, and DJ did get a little into, like, storyline-wise, that things are, are going to be a lot more off the hook. They're moving things forward for real now, like we kind of expected in season two. But season three is where it's really it's on. And season yeah. two was more of, like, you know, season 1.5 in writing where season three is really going to move the ball. So I'm excited for that. You know, and TJ is pretty good about not giving spoilers, but you could tell he was really excited about certain stuff. Obviously he's ex as excited about the air Fox stuff as we are because he can't contain himself talking about it. Um, Dorian also talked about the creation of Lucha underground and he was saying how they wanted to break into the American market, which was pretty interesting. Um, you know, and he talked about, you know, Vampiro kind of jumped in and talked about knowing Dorian since AAA first came to L.A. with that one big event back in, God, I don't even remember when that was. Was that 93 or something? 92, 93 maybe? Somewhere yeah. around there. Early, early 90s. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal too, and it kind of exposed the whole world to Lucha Libre. In fact, I think that was the first time I really knew anything about Lucha Libre. Um, some people passed around tapes of it and whatnot, and I think I saw a little bit, and the dirt sheets covered it, so... Um, that was like the first time I really heard about it. I, you know, and then Dude, shortly sucks, after that, was there was so much shit in the sports arena that you could go see, and I didn't know about fucking any of it because I had like no access as a kid. You know, like I oh, would, first time I saw Lucha Libre was when I came out here in '99. I went to Sports Arena and saw some Lucha Libre. I had no idea who any of the characters were. No one spoke English in the entire venue. Um, you know, and I'm brown enough that people just assumed that I was Latino. So I just kind of went in and blended in and just watched it and was amazed. It was awesome. It was the first time if I, I keep my mouth to Lucha, I am. <laughs> Dude, if I went to Lucha shows before Lucha Underground, like all the heels would be like broing it up with me to get heat and shit, which was awesome. But not the best walk back to the car usually. I can see that, especially from Sports Arena. Ooh. Uh. We got not the boil intimidation factor. Yeah, you should try. You should try going to a fucking lucha show at a swap meet in Anaheim sometime, you guys. Uh, Still I'll do that every week. So who's who's paying for my ticket? Byron. Okay. That sounds good. I don't have a job. I can't pay for that shit. Yeah, but you still you're the you're the trust fund kid, right? No. Byron, we're we're brothers. Remember, your parents adopted me. My parents yeah. have never met you in their life, and they live <laughs> half hour from you. God, after Urban just put you over as being his most Jewish friend. <laughs> terrible. Y'all terrible. Um, it's, it's that, that refined was on racism. That podcast. I watched that shit. 
<laughs> Those might not have been the exact words. He just said, hey, I'm not racist. I No, I'm not anti-Semitic. I have Jewish friends like Byron Turk, who is not really Jewish. He, said we, were, he said we were both Jewish brothers. I told, <laughs> I told uh, at the... Um, at the Pilly Fest thing, I told Vic that I was half Jewish, and he, and he got all like quiet and like, no, I, I accept all people. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Why don't, why don't you tell everyone why you had to tell Vic you're half Jewish, Byron? I don't yeah, what's up with that? But huh? on that game system meeting. We were just talking video games. Mm-hmm. So you all play video games. Urban, you have a pen in your ear. Yeah, yeah, nice way. To, I'll I'll distract it back to the topic for you, because um, there was a moment in the middle that I thought was really awesome. Katrina talked for a little bit about her character. A lot of the stuff you probably heard her say other places. She was she was definitely on point though. They looked a little worried, like she was gonna drop a spoiler by accident or something. But Katrina's been on point in all the interviews I've seen her in, and she did great. Um, then they went to Taya. Taya talked briefly, and then Vamp jumped in yeah. and put her over in a way that uh, really it got me, man. Like I was kind of. I was like, man, Vamp was talking about her sleep on the floors and when she first came to Mexico and how hard it was for her and how this was a girl who, you know, was two countries away from home uh, and just down in Mexico making it happen and wouldn't quit, put up with everybody's shit um, and really made something out of herself and that she deserved everything that she has right now. And I can't even do it justice, what Vamp did, like... Bamp just finds those moments, like, you know, ha half the time he was stuttering and tripping over his words and had no clue what to say, but then all of a sudden, Vamp comes out with this, like, eloquent, heartfelt speech from nowhere that you could tell he just really felt, and he put Taya over, and she wasn't expecting it, she starts crying. Um, it was, <laughs> like, nice. it was really nice. It was, like, it was the high, high spot of the entire thing, in my opinion. That's the thing that you're not going to get somewhere else, like, being there in that room and seeing Vamp do that. Um, Vamp was just being Vamp. And then they finally get to Phoenix. Um, Phoenix, his English is getting better, but it's still not very good. <laughs> and he was trying to speak in English. I, I almost wish he had just spoken in Spanish and had Dorian translate or something. Um, or Taya. But he, he spoke in English and he said you know, how proud he was that he had been the, the Lucha Underground champ, that he had been the Gift of the Gods champ, and now the Trios champ, how much he loved the crowd, and Animo. Oh, yeah, that's good, uh, the time I talked to Phoenix was in English, too. But uh, Phoenix also said that um, he's accomplished so much as far as his dreams, um, wanting to become a luchador from when he was a kid, like uh, that he's been able to wrestle with or, you know, with or against um, Rey Mysterio, who's someone who he idolized growing up. Like, a lot of stuff like that. And, like, Vampiro, as a kid, he was watching Vampiro on TV. And so... Um, he also added just how great Lucha Underground has been for making his dreams come true. And it was cool because, like, seeing Phoenix be the one masked luchador to show up and represent uh, Lucha Underground on American soil, you know, they, they, they paid for him to come up, even though he's in San Diego now. It was really cool that they picked him. And, I, and you know, and he won our poll as uh, Technico of the Year for Lucha Underground. And... I'm starting to see it now. It's like there's something about Phoenix. Like he is going to be the next face of Lucha Libre, possibly. Now, getting to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this, it was fucking weird to see him sitting next to Dorian to me. Like, 
And and you know, other people were explaining it to me. And I think it was all you guys really that was explaining it to me that Dorian's connections with AAA may not be what they used to be. But you know, if you don't know, Phoenix right now is basically on the outs with AAA. Like their situation is not good. He's not buddy buddy with AAA right now. Yeah, if you guys want to hear a little more about it, listen to our last podcast where I get a little hot about the situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so to, to walk into this, and they're sitting right next to each other. And then <laughs> here's the weirdest part. So Phoenix does that little spiel, and then Dorian puts him over. Huh. Dorian is just like, yeah, you know, Phoenix is one of the first guys we thought of uh, that his style would probably even be better in America and that he could really represent Lucha Libre in this new product we were doing and that Phoenix deserved it and was the first guy that was absolutely going to be in Lucha Underground. He was our first selection of a person to put in this, and he was a part of this from day one. And Dorian put him over so huge, and we're just all like, what just happened? Huh. Welcome wow. to America. I don't know what's going on there, but you you heard it here. Uh, you'll hear it on the Paley Fest thing. Dorian's putting over Phoenix. They seem at least publicly like they're in a good place, and Phoenix doesn't appear to be going anywhere as far as Lucha Underground is concerned. So the rumors of, you know, if you cross Dorian in Mexico, you're going to have trouble in the States may not be true, people. I don't, I don't, I don't know think it was that. him with the threats. I think it was the other Roldans that put yeah. themselves in halls of fame uh, that, that were throwing those threats out there. But that's just a hunch that I have. Well, but so how does that work for, for Dorian, though? Like, isn't Dorian catching heat for this kind of shit? Yeah, dude, if you listen to Conan's podcast, you'll hear a fucking shitload of it. Uh, a lot of it from Conan's position. Basically... The way I think that it is is that Dorian wants to do shit, but his hands are tied because everyone goes over his head to the other Roldans and gets shit done. And they have their guys that they like, and they're not people that are cool like Pentagon. They're people like fucking fake La Parca and like Blue Demon Jr. and shit. And, uh, you know, hey, every promoter's got their guys. That shit happens. Right. I just wish it was my guys that were their guys so that I could see them, like, not leave the promotion and not drop titles and shit like that. Well, the end of the show was strange. Um, Vamp clearly didn't want to go. He was like, you yeah. guys flew me all the way the fuck out here from Canada for this? Yeah. Like, for for ten minutes of talking or whatever? Then it was longer than that. It was probably an hour, over an hour roundtable. Um, and uh, so then the, the, the host, who barely said anything the whole time, he didn't really have to, was just like, well, take us out, Vamp. What do you want to say? Vamp starts... He's like, alright, well, you guys know the Lucha Anthem. So the whole room just breaks into the Olay chant. Um, and it was crazy. Like, you know, don't invite the Lucha Click to Beverly Hills if you expect us to be fucking civilized. <laughs> and then afterwards, <laughs> were, were there people in the lobby? Yeah, well, they had wine and stuff, and some people who oh. didn't want wine went down the street for beers during the reception hour. We were uh, rowdy. Yes. We were chanting at the episode at the screen. Yeah, I mean, we did the same thing at the, the like the president of the network. He came to the the Lucha Underground season two finale at screening, so he knew what we were about. Like, I think he was ready for it this time. Yeah. But like the Paley Fest people were like. What the fuck? And then they have full security at this place. Afterwards, we're just all standing in the lobby. 
they don't know how to ask anybody to leave or anything. <laughs> giant group photos with like 30 people in the Lucha Click. People are just hanging out, whatever, you know, um, trying to see if Famous B or whoever who was around might come out and say hi, but they all went out the, the red carpet entrance. Um, then EV Dub eventually came out. Well, actually, even before EV Dub came out, basically security had to start turning off lights to get anybody to leave. <laughs> And these security guards wow. look like they were in fear for their lives. Like we don't, we don't do this here. Like we're used to stodgy Hollywood types in this place. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be classy people. <laughs> oh, and so then they turn the lights out, and we just spill onto the streets in Beverly Hills, and it's just a gang of dudes in wrestling shirts standing around outside the Paley Center in the middle of Beverly Hills, acting all loud. Um, and EV Dub finally came out. I don't know if they sent him out. <laughs> they might have been like, dude, uh, these are your people. You need to get them the fuck out of here if you want to stay on the air. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I'm going to get off here, boys. I think we all are. Um, I got to get going. Yeah. Anybody got anything Let's else to say? Let's watch some wrestling, gents. Let's go Live watch some backlash. backlash. Live tweet some WW, <laughs> as I like to call it, WWE. <laughs> Next time, Gadget. <laughs> Next time. Uh, All right, boys. Everybody who was down there. Oh, and Carlos, too. I think he was down there. Um, yeah. God, who all... I, I feel like I'm forgetting people. Michael, Mallory, Mario. Did I say Mario? Robo. Uh, Crystal was there. What's up to everybody who was there? So, anyway. Um, that's it for all of us. Until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.